right, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. The testimony in that song for us. Well, if you brought your Bibles, please turn to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. And I want to read verse 26 and verse 27. And then we want to look at John chapter 3 and bring all of this together. Genesis chapter 1 and John chapter 3. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And God, and we studied this passage, uh, this verse, touched on it Wednesday night, and the word God there is a name for God. We have an English word, God, is the English word, but the Hebrew word is Elohim. And the interesting thing about the word Elohim is that it's plural. And here's uh, the second indication in chapter 1 of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The first verse of the Bible, we'll refer to that in a few minutes, in the beginning, God, Elohim. There's three names for God in Hebrew, El, E-L, Elohim, and Elohim. And Elohim is plural. So right at the beginning, we have an introduction to the Trinity of God. In verse 26, and God said, let us, there we go again, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Now, if you will, turn to John chapter 3. John chapter 3, a familiar passage. A person by the name of Nicodemus goes to Jesus to find out about how to have eternal life. John chapter 3, verse 1. And there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. Many years ago, Nehru of India was a guest in the United States. And during his tour in the United States, he asked to meet with the famous scientist, Albert Einstein. And Nehru asked Einstein, 
He said, you've been called the greatest brain that's ever lived. But have you discovered the purpose and the meaning of life? And Einstein bowed his head, and he softly replied, and I quote, No, I've not yet found the meaning of life. Have you found the meaning of life? Now, there have been certain questions that have troubled mankind for thousands of years. And so this morning, what I'd like to do is kind of touch on some of those questions that people have wondered about and asked about. And so my message, I just simply entitled my message, Answers to Unanswered Questions. And I want to deal with perhaps four specific questions that people ask me from time to time, and perhaps you may have thought. We, we need to kindly look at this and get those unanswered questions cleared this morning. The first question would be, what is the definition of life? What is the definition of life? Well, life is a, life is a difficult thing to define. Some give the definition as... It is the state of being alive. Well, that's kind of vague. Just to say, would you define life? And they'd say, well, it's the state of being alive. Well, I kind of realize that. Another definition, some say it's a period of time between birth and death. That's life. The time between birth and death. Well, that suffices some. However, the Christian believes that life begins at birth or prior to birth and conception, and continues after death. So to define life as the period of time between life or birth and death, uh, we believe life goes further than death. We believe in what's known as eternal life. And so the Bible gives a simple definition of life, and it's found in James 4, verse 14. James 4, verse 14. If you would, listen to God's Word. He says, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is a vapor. What is your life? We're looking for the definition of life. What is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then it vanishes away. What is life? The Bible says it's like a vapor. It appears for a little time, and it vanishes away. The Bible literally is saying that life is just a short span of conscious existence upon the earth. Just a short span. Then it vanishes away. So what is life? That conscious, that little short span of conscious existence. This a little time upon the earth, or a gift from God. Life is so fragile that the Bible says in James 4 that it can be here one moment and be gone the next moment. It's here just for a short time. So the question that I'm asked from time to time, what is life? Well, life is that short span of conscious existence on earth. And so all of us this morning are experiencing what is known as life. That short span of existence. On this earth. The second question is this. Where did we come from? Where did we come from? Where did I come from? You know, 
I mentioned this past week, we studied the first five words of Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created. In the beginning, and we realized that there's some things prior to in the beginning. There were things prior to in the beginning. Love was prior to the beginning as we know it. The hope of eternal life was prior to the beginning as we know it. But in the beginning, God, Elohim, created, bara, brought into existence, spoke things into existence, things that never had been made. God created. And then in chapter 2 of Genesis, verse 7, it says that God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed into man's nostrils, and man became a living soul. A living soul. So, you and I were divinely created by God. We are divine creation of God. The Bible teaches that there's no one like you. There's no one like me. You have a unique thumbprint. I do too. No one like us, individually. We're all different. And so, we're divinely created... And the Bible teaches that we've been created by God with a body. I have a body. You have a body. Fingers and toes and arms and legs and ears and eyes and nose and senses and everything that goes with the body. We we have a body. So the body of man was created first there in the garden, perfect and sinless in its original state. Can you imagine having... A perfect body, a sinless body. That's what Adam and Eve had in the original state. However, when Adam and Eve sinned in Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, their sin brought weakness and sickness and pain and suffering. And every one of us will die a physical death because of sin. For the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. Now, At death, our body will be put in the grave. It'll go back to the ground in which it came. So God created us, and He's created us with a body, and because of sin, I'm going to die, and you're going to die, unless the Lord comes back prior. And our bodies are going to be put into the ground, and it's going to return back to Mother Earth. But not only did God create us with a body, but God created us with a soul. A soul. Genesis 2 verse 7 says, God breathed into man's nostrils and man became a living soul. A living soul. And so this soul is the part of the man that will not die. The body's going to die, be placed in the ground, but the soul will not die. The soul will live on forever and forever. This soul, this soul coordinates the thoughts of man and the activity of man. And the Bible teaches us that Christ came to redeem the soul. Hebrews 13, verse 39. Listen to God's Word. Hebrews 13, verse 39. I'm sorry, Hebrews 10. I said 13. Hebrews 10, verse 39, I'm sorry. 
But we are not of them who draw back into perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. So Christ redeemed the soul. He came to redeem the soul. And so when, you're, when you die, when I die, our body goes back to the earth and our soul either goes to heaven or our soul goes to hell. Did you know that the most valuable possession that you have is not any material possession that you have, but the most valuable possession that you have is your soul. It's your soul. Look at Mark chapter 8, verse 36. Mark chapter 8, verse 36. The Bible says, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Jesus said, What profit is it to you if you have everything in this world, if everything in this world, all the gold and silver, all the all the rubies and diamonds and everything in this world, what profit would you have if you had the whole world's goods and lost your soul? The most valuable possession that you have is your soul. So man was created by God, man was created with a body, and man was created with a soul. What is life? Short span of conscious existence. Where did we come from? God created us, created us with a body, created us with a soul. The third thing I jotted down is, what is my purpose in life? How people ask me, but Brother Sammy, I don't know what my purpose in life is. You know, the only real purpose that you have in your life is to take this brief time, this brief life, this, this short span of conscious existence, whether that's 20 years or 30 years or 45 years or 65 years or 75 years. And most of us won't be like Brother Ralph, 92 years. But whatever that short span of conscious existence is, our real purpose is to take that period and prepare for eternity. That is your purpose in life. That is my purpose in life. Your purpose is not set on having a family or having children or having a great job or having a good education. Those things are well and good and they fit together in life. But my primary purpose in life is to prepare for eternity. That's why God has given me this brief period. Prepare for eternity. Now, if you succeed in all areas of life, if you are successful with your family, if, you're, if you succeed in the area of family or, or uh, uh, your social life or your economic life or your business life, if you're successful in any area that you can think of and fail in, in the area of spirituality, then your life has been wasted. Wasted. Matthew, uh, Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8, verse 36. We just read, but I want to go on to verse 37. Verse 36 says, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world, lose his own soul? Verse 37, What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What would you give for your soul? What would you sell your soul for? Judas sold his for 30 pieces of silver. 
I know people today who are selling their souls for government benefits. Selling their souls. How much, were you, how much is your soul worth? Jesus said if you profited everything in the world and lost your own soul, you'd lost everything. You failed in your purpose for living. So what is my purpose in life? What are you doing in life right now? Well, I'm working hard, and I'm getting overtime, and I'm working every day that I can, and I'm providing for my family, and, and I'm working a, two jobs. And I talked to a young man yesterday had three jobs, and, and he was an RN, and then he was a high-tech guy for a defense contractor, and then he's working, working on his uh, nurse practitioner, and, and he's just climbing, climbing, climbing. His wife's working in the MRI area. And this is what he's doing with his life. And Jesus said, you can have all of that stuff. Take this lifespan to receive it, to gain it. And you've wasted your life if you lose your soul. So the purpose of your life is to choose the abiding place of your soul. After you're the soul parts from your body. Now there are only two destinations to choose. Matthew chapter 7. Look at that if you will just for a moment. Matthew chapter 7 verse 13. Jesus speaks of these two places. He says in verse 13. Matthew 7. Enter ye in the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go there. Jesus said there is a place that you can go that leads to destruction. Verse 14, Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. So Jesus said you have two destinations to choose from. You can either go to the place that brings destruction or you can go to the place that brings life. So what is my purpose in life? My real, honest-to-God purpose in life is to prepare for eternity. And if you fail there, regardless what you have and what you've done, you've wasted your life. What is life? Short span of conscience existence upon this earth. Where did I come from? God created you. With a body, with a soul. What's my purpose? Prepare for eternity. Why do people not pr prepare for eternity? Good question. There are different categories of those who don't prepare for eternity. One category is the rejectors. They just object. They, they object to the fact that Christ is the only way to God and they seek a second way to God or another way to God. So they're just going to reject the gospel. So there's a category that are just rejectors. They're going to reject it. And then this category of rejectors, they feel that they'll just be good enough to go to heaven. I mean, after all, I've done this, this, this. I've got all these pluses. Surely, I won't go to hell. So they're just rejecting. So the first category is rejectors. Second category, 
Some want to be saved, but they pretend they're saved. They're pretenders. The Bible refers to them as hypocrites. They pretend. They know they haven't been saved, and they kind of put up a front. There's no fruit, there's no spiritual evidence, and their life hasn't been changed. But they pretend that they're saved. They belong to a church. They've gone through the ordinance, baptismal waters. Everything they can think of to do religiously, they've accomplished that. But deep down inside, they know they haven't trusted Jesus Christ. There's no evidence in their life. And so they're hypocrites. Now listen, if you've never been saved, and Christ is not your Savior, then you're dead spiritually. You have no spiritual life at all. The Bible says to go to heaven that you must be born again. Nicodemus said to him, said to Jesus, Rabbi, how can a man enter the kingdom of heaven? Jesus said, marvel not that I say unto you, Nick, you must be born again. To be born again, to be saved. You must be born again. Here's the point. The new birth, salvation, is the greatest of all human needs. Whatever need you have in your life, the greatest need you have in your life is to be saved. That should be at the top of your list. If you went down and checked off a check-off list of the needs you have in your life, the very thing at the top should be my salvation. The Bible says to go to heaven, you must be born again. This new birth is the greatest of all human need. If a sick man gets well, that's good. But it lasts only for a short time. If an ignorant man receives a great education, that's good. But it lasts for only a short time. If a poor man uh, achieves wealth and fame, that's good. But it lasts for just a short time. But when a sinner meets Jesus Christ and receives Him as Lord and Savior of their life, it lasts eternally. The most important need you have in your life is to come to know Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I'll close with this. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And I want to read uh, verse uh, 2. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. For he hath said, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. When is it? Right now. You have no reason to put this off. None whatsoever. You have no excuse to put it off. The only excuse that you have, the only reason you have is that you're either a rejecter or a hypocrite. No reason. Jesus said, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now, friend, listen. Our lives, your life, my life, could end at any moment. And it's important, very important, this day, if the Holy Spirit is convicting you, if the Holy Spirit is pleading with you, 
if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you to come to Christ, if you just have a slight whisper of the Spirit speaking to you, that means time is running out for you. And you need to be saved. Albert Einstein admitted to Nehru that he had not discovered the meaning of life. Today, have you discovered it? What is life? Short span of conscious existence. You know where you came from. God created you with a body, with a soul. You know the purpose of your life today. You're to take this conscious existence that you have and you need to prepare for eternity. And then you know today is the day to do that. And so, if this little short span of conscious existence is over for you after today, then you will have been told how you could have eternal life and a home in heaven as opposed to eternal death and a home in hell. And so would you be willing to come and to receive him into your life to be your Lord and Savior? It's not about your wife. It's not about my husband. It's not about the children. It's not about my parents. But there's one decision that you must make regardless who, what the others make. And that is, what are you going to do with this person called Jesus? And the only way to receive him is by faith. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works. Least any should boast. Please come today and receive this free gift. Let's bow our heads for prayer.